is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined Hailing from the top of the Ferris wheel at the Smogville World's Fair, it's World Champion Podcast. My name is Brighton S.L.C. And I am a fat guy in a hat, and you can't teach that. And I'm Sean Black, and I'm six foot three inches tall, and you can't teach that. We are a freeform conversational podcast about all sorts of things. Tonight, we're in a big hurry, so we're going to trim the fat. All killer, no filler. we got to get out of here. Last week, we talked about the Smogville Miners. That's right. That's M-I-N-O-R-S. They're our local baseball team. Yeah, we always root for the Miners. We love, we root, root, root for the Miners. Mm-hmm. Tonight, Tim Lincecum will be starting on the mound for wearing that Miners cap. The Freak. The Freak, yeah. And boy, oh boy, what a career he's had. Mm-hmm. Cut short, it seems. As evidenced by the fact that he's pitching here, well, and not for the San Francisco Giants of Major League Baseball. Well, well, Smogville is a little off the beaten path, but I got I got high hopes that he's is just another step back to the big show. I think so. I mean, looking at his career, he could be in a Hall of Famer just right now, and the only thing that'll keep him from it is them saying, "Oh, well, he only had six good years, <laughs> where he won three World Series, uh-huh. was a four-time All Star." Two no-hitters, uh, at least. Two no-hitters, two Cy Young Awards, and was the strikeout leader for four years. Right, and what makes him perfect for our team is, how old would you say he is, 30? He's probably about 30, 31. He's, but he looks very young, like, like a minor. Yeah, he, he looks like a child, like the could, kid from Days and Confused. Right, he, do, he looks exactly like the kid from Days and Confused. Yeah. Especially when he had his long hair, but I mean, he could still pass for, you know, he could sne- sneak into the Smogville High yeah. and just pass as a student. Yeah, like that movie with John Cryer where he sneaks into high school and runs for president. Right. Or any, any number of movies where someone sneaks into a high school and is clearly in their 30s. Yes. Yeah, but we got to go to that. Um, first pitch is in a little bit. I'll, I've been going to a lot of Smogville Miners games lately. Uh, a lot Zach Greinke, another, another uh, major leaguer, just came through. Friday is David Big Poppy Ortiz bobblehead night. Wow. It is a busy week in Smogville. Absolutely. I've got, yeah, David Ortiz passed through here, and now he's retiring. i got to get that bobblehead. Right. I might do the thing where I buy a ticket and just, just now, waltz in. Now, my question to you is how will you actually identify that the bobblehead is David Ortiz? Hopefully there's a stand that, that, says, that, his says, name? that says David Big Poppy Ortiz, because bobbleheads don't look like people ever. They don't, not only do they not look like the person they're supposed to look like, they don't actually look like... Well, take this with a grain of salt. I was going to say look like actual people, but of course we know no one has a giant 250-pound <laughs> head, generally. That just wobbles around just wobbles their tiny around. little frame. Yeah, with their tiny little... Well, what is it? Is it a tiny body? So if you saw a real-life bobble person, is this a five-foot-tall person with a tiny body, 
Or is are we talking about like a six foot build on the body and then this head, <laughs> and then this giant head that like would a, just terrify you, like a Mardi Gras float, yeah, like, like a, a mascot, yeah, like some kind of someone in a parade. That's a good point. No, I think they're probably it's a little bit of both. I so, think probably tiny body and and giant head. Okay. Or do you think they have a normal sized head like you or I, <laughs> <laughs> and then a, about a eight, eight inch tall body? Do you know what, what a bobblehead is? Is just a baby that's grown up at the, everything at the same speed. Because you know how babies start out; their head is about a third of their body. Yeah. And then as they grow, your body gets bigger, your head kind of gets smaller. Yeah. This is someone who just stayed a baby. It's just a, okay. A bigger yeah. and bigger baby. Yeah, the same baby proportions just expanded. Yeah, and then you. So this is just a a, a, ba- a baby that's good at baseball that has chest hair, <laughs> and I was always grinning. <laughs> always grinning. It's just happy as can be. Yeah. So no, I don't understand why the technology isn't there for for it to look like a bobble, like the actual person, these bobbleheads. Right, because they have a large canvas to work with. It's not like they're mm-hmm. sculpting a tiny little Star Wars or G.I. Joe mm-hmm. figure, but even those look look really good. And they have resources. I, I imagine it's pretty easy to get a photograph of a baseball player, maybe even from another angle. <laughs> So that's, that's not true. the problem. Yeah, that's not the, the issue. The, 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 uh, the stuff they're looking at, the photos they're looking at, they have access to, to pictures of, of Big Poppy. You'd think they could even get the man himself. I mean, what does he do all day? Oh, yeah. Nowadays, they could put those little suits on him where they have little ping pong balls and yeah. have a computer matrix thing go over them. Yeah, do it when they're in there for the video game or, or whatever. And the video games look like them, right? Yeah, because they, they, they have pictures of them. They Maybe do. bobblehead sculpting is just such a quaint little industry. Mm. Like yeah, people don't really realize that every bobblehead comes from one little shop uh, in upstate New York, God. where there's an old man with one of those jeweler's magnifying glasses and a bunch of sculpting tools. I would love that. <laughs> I, I hope that's. I know it's not true, but I, man, how great would that be? Yeah, just yeah. one guy produces all the bobbleheads. And he, do, he refuses to use references, photographic references. Because that, he's not just a transcriber. He's an artist. He's an artist. He goes to, to one game, sees the player, not close up. Like, he gets cheap seats because yeah. he makes bobbleheads for a living, so he doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah. He's in the cheap seats. He takes a look at the player, and then hours, days even later, he starts sculpting. <laughs> Once he's good and ready. It's a beautiful art. It really is. And, you know, if you want it to look like someone, then go get a picture. Right. But where's the... Where's the charm in that? Exactly. Well, I haven't seen those old man Harrison Ford figures. You said you have? Yes. Okay. They, and they look like him? Yeah. So, so these bobbleheads, these heads are giant. You take your average Marvel Legends figure or, or Star Wars figure, and it looks a lot like, nowadays a lot like the actor. And these figures are uh, maybe five times smaller than the bobblehead. I mean, the head's probably the size of one shelled peanut. Yeah, that's, I'd say that's fair. And the new Harrison Ford toy not only looks like Harrison Ford, looks like elderly Harrison Ford. The, the, the 70-year-old man we love crashing planes and golf courses and, uh-huh. and having hydraulic doors smash his legs backwards. Did you read about that? Yeah. I was so horrified when I actually read how close to death he, I know, he could have been. When the reports were just that he had a leg injury. Yeah, I was like laughing he got at it. crushed by a thing. It's like something that happens in a movie. 
Yeah. Like his real so so Harrison Ford on the set of the new Star Wars. We're getting off topic from our from talking about toys, but <laughs> apparently they wanted it to be so authentic that they they put hy- hydraulic presses on these doors that are opening and shutting on the ships. Is this right? Uh, that's yeah, that's my understanding. And then some dumbass was was goofing around and Harrison Ford was just testing it out walking through one of the doors or something and they shut it on him. But why do the thing in Star Trek where two guys hold each side of the door behind the <laughs> scenes and just open it and shut it so you've got, you know, the pressure of, like, a sneeze? No. <laughs> Let's get something that can crush bone, can sever legs completely, and the door's shut on Harrison Ford. Got to spend that money somehow. Could have killed him. And, but thankfully, I guess out of that whole fiasco, we got a really accurate toy of him. We got a really accurate toy. I watched... They uh, nailed it. We've talked several times on the show about Harrison Ford in his prime. I think that's one of our favorite topics, mm-hmm. 80s Harrison Ford. And to be fair, in his prime, it's, it, it's extending to now, I would say. We know what you, I know what you meant by that, but yeah. Harrison Ford in his prime, I would say 2016. That's a good point. It's a good point. So we're talking classic, golden age Ford. Yeah, golden age. <clears throat> um, frantic, which we've also mentioned. Wait, wait, wait. The- Again, golden age Ford would be referring to Harrison Ford 2016. Oh, these are, these okay. are his golden years. Well, that's a good point. Pro, so, so, so hmm, how do we call him in the 80s? What do we call him? It must be classic Ford. I would No, that even the classic sound, that also even sounds, sounds old. now. It does. Vintage Ford? Vintage even that even describes him right now 2016. How about <laughs> I'm at a loss. <laughs> okay. How about just older? No, it, no older, not older. <laughs> older Ford. No. Okay. No, no, that does make sense because it was older. So older Ford. Okay. So classic Ford in his prime, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Right. Older Ford, Witness, and Blade Runner. Okay. And then classic Ford, American Graffiti, Star mm. Wars, Apocalypse Now. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the Bare Naked Ladies song one week. Right. Where the, one of those lines, and we read all the lines on a show. Which is, seems surreal to think about now. Yes, it really does. <laughs> Wasn't that long ago. What a weird show this is. Where he says, like Harrison Ford, I'm getting frantic. I never knew. I n- maybe I didn't pick up on it. Did we analyze that line? I don't think so. I think we just... Because I didn't know there was a movie called Frantic. Yeah, it's a Roman Polanski film. How wonderful. It's, it's, basically, it's Taken, where he's in Paris and his wife disappears. Although he's just a regular guy. He's a surgeon. He's not a, a badass like Liam Neeson. Wow. But so here, first of all, I have two things to say about this. Is there anyone in the world who says this line better than Harrison Ford? My wife. That's true. He that, does that a lot. That, the way you delivered it, I can picture classic Ford like doing Like finger it. in your face. Yeah. My, my wife. wife. My wife. God, he's great. So in the movie Taken, the girls who get taken are in line for a cab at the airport in Paris. Mm -hmm. And they say they're from California, and this guy sings California Girls to them. Okay. In uh, in Frantic, he's at a bar, and he meets this Jamaican guy and says he's from California, from San Francisco. And this guy starts singing, if you're going to San Francisco... Be sure to wear flowers in your hair. Wow. So is this a thing that, is this just another French stereotype that we maybe haven't been exploiting? Because they will sing where you're from to you. (laughs) Before they kidnap you. Before they kidnap you. These are just French kidnappers, right? Yeah. That, I don't know, but I like it. It's charming. It's very French. Yeah. I I, I hope when I go there, they're familiar with the Beach Boys song, Salt Lake City, and sing that to me. 
That's about Ah, uh, you're from Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City will be coming soon. We, hey, my friend. I think that's the only one, right? What it, is there any others they could do? Uh, somewhere I have a playlist of Salt Lake City songs. They're, the dwarves do one. I guess that one is the biggest name. You know, we're talking classic Beach Boys. Yeah, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking older classic Beach Boys. That we can use without any kind of hesitation <laughs> so. or, right. or clarification. Yeah. So classic, that's a, you know iconic, huge band. We're at, frankly, we're lucky to have a song. Yeah, no, it's true. They were they were they really dug this crazy place. They and the did, chicks, man. Mm-hmm. And they like Lagoon, even our our local tiny amusement park. Yeah, that frankly makes Smogville look like shit. Yeah, let's not. I don't want. I don't like to compare and contrast roller you know. coasters and, and yeah, such. and yeah. safety. Like I know we have issues. a listener in Belgium, so uh, Belgium's near France. Let us know if that's a cultural thing. Do that French people sing songs to Americans about where they're from. Before kidnapping them. Before kidnapping them. Yeah, I'd like to know how true that is. You're from New York. Stats spread in the... <laughs> yeah. I don't know what... New York. If you're from New York, you can be kidnapped by any, any number of kidnappers because they all know that song, right? Yeah. Oh, so many New York songs. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Uh, let's follow this, this a little bit further, this train of thought. Would you, so if you... So a kidnapper comes up to you at a bar in France. Mm-hmm. He says, where are you from? And then you say something like, Cleveland. Cleveland rocks. Oh, okay, okay, there's that one. Okay, I got to think of a more out-of-the-way place. I guess Smogville. So you say you're from Smogville. Oh, yeah. Do you think if you were from a a town without a song about it, you would not be kidnapped? Would he be like, ah? Yeah, it's like vampires and garlic. It's like how you have to invite a vampire in. It it totally is. You have to have a, uh, be from a place with a song. Or that, or that guy just turns then around. Then he has to find someone else. Yeah, he's just like, anyone from California? I love L.A. L.A., yeah. You're from California, you're doomed. You're from New York, you're doomed. Yeah. Chicago, you're doomed. Chicago, deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah, Texas, you're doomed. I would say your best bet is to be from... Rocky Mountain High. I would say... If you're from Philadelphia, they sing the Rocky theme. Yeah, East Coast or less... less Left, left coast. Yeah. East coast or left coast, as they say. Yeah, that's, that's what we always say. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're screwed. Yeah. You're, you're from the, the dead center. You're from the middle of nowhere. You're all right, maybe. I think you're all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll maybe, if I have some free time this week, work on a list of places that, to, be from, to be safe from okay. French kidnappers. Fair enough. Yeah. So we talk frequently on this program about... Mm. What are our big topics? Uh, spacemen, right. heavy metal, Degrassi Junior High, mm-hmm. baseball, toys, toys, yeah. Star Wars, Star Trek, wrestling, but wrestling. We talk a lot about wrestling. That was great. That was that was shows what pros we are. There was a big pause, and I stepped on your line when you finally said it. No, I was waiting for you to pick up the harmony. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that is what pros we are. It's like an alley oop. Okay. I just kind of nod towards the, the hoop, and you jump for it. And I step and then on we both your, say wrestling. I step on your line. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't say wrestling. I said up. Oh. I said, or something. We've never talked about Pixar's up on the show. Before. I know, and, we, and then we're going to keep it that way. So, yeah, the, I, I talked a few weeks ago, maybe even last week. I don't, the, all the shows blur into one. About, well, it doesn't help that we record ooh, five, six at a time. Right. We, don't get, we get together once every few months, mm-hmm. do them all. 
And the, the, the real challenging part of that is projecting what we think we may be doing. Yeah. I mean, like, well, I'm going to maybe went to this concert, but yeah, so I went to the, the Future Stars of Wrestling in Vegas, had a great time. I decided I got to look more into it locally, you know. We've taken down SummerSlam, WrestleMania. We've talked about all this. This is, this is anyone can do that. But to really get down in the nitty grits, I went to the local wrestling here, UCW Zero, Summer Assault. And the thing, which the title I really appreciated on the drive home. I went there thinking, oh, Summer Assault, this is going to be crazy. And then on, on my drive home, I started thinking, Somersault. That's oh, a play on yeah. words, right? Summer assault? Yeah, it must be. If it's not intentional, it's really stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> because <laughs> they named their, their show something silly by accident. <laughs> I'm going to go with that they in, intended that to be kind of like a nice little pun. And I yeah. appreciate it. Summer, summer assault. It was in a weird warehouse. It was, it was hard to describe. It was hard to find. I got lost. I was driving around an apartment complex for a while. Which wouldn't surprise me if it was there. It, and, that, and that's what I kept wondering, because my girlfriend's saying, we're lost. We used the, the maps on the, the iPhone maps, took us right to an apartment complex. And I was thinking, maybe it's by the pool. Maybe they have like a rec room or something. Well, the last time I went to local wrestling was at a local like, community gym, where the wrestling was in the basketball room, and people would still go to the pool and the mm-hmm. treadmills and stuff. This was, when I finally did find it, this was more like a storage, I think a big storage shed, maybe. No, it was strange. It was kind of like a, a little warehouse. Huh. But it was in the middle of nowhere in this kind, it seemed like I was on a, in, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know where I was. It was a weird building. But I got front row tickets, got in there. There was, I want to, First thing I, I noted as I got in there is the ground, no, no padding around the ring, just, just concrete. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, we know that all the action is going to take place within this ring. Yeah. Or so I thought. We can hope. We can hope. Uh, this, it, it felt a lot like going to, you know, we go to a lot of, lots of concerts. We talk about concerts. But when you go to those tiny little punk shows that, that are in some... I don't know, out of business pizza place or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is what it felt like. You're, I, it felt really grassroots. It felt really underground. But that didn't stop these guys from putting on j- just a great show at the, you know, and at the cost of their, of their bodies being injured severely, I would say. Oh, definitely. The, fir- the first match uh, had this guy named... I, his, his name is on, his, on the website, it's Manny Fresh, but he's now goes by Manny Lemon. And he, he kind of, his, his shtick is it's sort of, he does the power of positivity, so it's kind of got a New Day vibe. Okay. He's talking about positivity, but he gets his physical strength from the candy lemon heads. Oh, that's why he's Manny Lemon. That's why okay. he's Manny Lemon, yellow shorts, power of positivity, and, then it, and, and the match played out pretty much like a Popeye the Sailor Man cartoon. <laughs> Wow. Where he was getting pummeled by his opponent, opponent, and then he literally opened a box of lemon heads and, and chugged them, like poured them on his face. Most of them went all over the mat. Yeah. And then he had the power to just vanquish his foe. Wow. It was, it was That's a, pretty good. And this is how it starts out. I was already on my feet, you know. 
the Lemonhead stayed on the mat for the rest of the show, <laughs> which was very distracting. <laughs> and I kept thinking, there's going to be some, some wrestlers coming out and being slammed on the mat and thinking, wow, that hurt a lot worse than I thought it would. What is that? I got these weird round bruises all over my back. <laughs> they, now, no one could sweep them up? They tried to sweep them up. They even had the, the prepubescent ref try to kick them off. They, they, what happened is almost the whole box is in the ring. And then, you know, this is a three-hour show. By the end, yeah. there was just one. Okay. So hey, it, it got down. It was like the Royal Rumble of candy. <laughs> yeah. I was rooting for that lemon head, and he made it. <laughs> one lemon head in the ring. But I watched it for, for most, of the, most of the show. I would, would take a note where the lemon head was. Uh, they had a gauntlet, which I thought was unfair. Did they, did they do this in WWE and in the bigger ones where two guys come out, whoever wins then has to fight the next guy, whoever, and then if he wins that, he has to fight the next guy. Wow. I, I'm sure they do. So the guy I that, haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, it just seemed, it just seemed unfair. Yeah, well, Seems if you're the first guy out. I guess it's the same as Royal Rumble, kind huh? Of the, well, but in a Royal Rumble, you can have a break while other guys fight each other. While you sit at the side of the stage dazed, you mean? Yeah. That's when true. When the, when the little Tweety birds are flying around your That's head. That's true. This, there was, there was no rest. So that was interesting. There, oh, there was a guy, oh, I, I finally got to see what I would love to see on the TV show. And that was a little kid, probably four or five years old. The heel comes out, yells right in his face to shut up. And the little kid, he got so mad, he, he literally made two fists and like, <laughs> after that heel left, like the heel's like, you shut up. And then he just, the whole, that whole next match, he was just, just sitting in his seat, just clenching his muscles, <laughs> clenching his teeth. He was so mad. So mad at that guy. I and then it. the next heel that came out, because this kid was in the front row, he yelled at the kid too. <laughs> and then that was it, the breaking point. He started to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's when I knew, like, I had got my money's worth. <laughs> when I see a grown man yell at a child till he cries, I'm a, like... A grown man pretending to be... To pre- pretending to so, be who knows. A, men, uh, a guy that let out of a mental institution with a straitjacket on. Of course, on. yeah. They had that. They had, they had a CM Punk guy who, who kind of did that thing. Did they have anyone with face paint? No, they did have luchador wrestlers, though. They had two different luchadors. Uh, and, well, oh, one retired. Oh. It, was, it was his final match. And he was trying to, to – he, he gave a speech after his, his match, and he was trying to get emotional. But this awful crowd was just <laughs> yelling, like, boring. Oh, no. And, like, shut up. And just, like, yelling at him because I, I maybe he's not a popular wrestler. I don't know. How sad is that to try to give your retirement speech mm-hmm. in a weird warehouse in the bad part of town in front of 60 people? Right. And most of them are openly hostile towards yeah. you. And have never heard of you before. Never heard of you. Well, I was supporting him. The, the, the guy he beat actually came out and hugged him. And then another guy came out and hugged him. And I assumed these were rivals in, in you know, uh, earlier days. Oh, I see. But his three-and-a-half-year career had, is now at an end. He's, he, his doctor probably forced him out of there. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Because of... Like I mentioned, my foreshadowing of no pads on the concrete floor, the next match came out, and it, and it was the first match that got outside of the ring. And so I thought they were just going to walk around and punch each other in the head. But no, one guy picked up the other guy and just body slams him oh, on the ground. Damn. And I was stunned. It, it, it's, 
it's one of those things where people complain that wrestling is fake, but as fake as his persona was and maybe his fake anger towards his opponent, that guy went four feet down onto his spine on something you could roller skate on. You could roller <laughs> wow. skate around in here. It was so hard. <laughs> and that's just horrifying. I, I, I didn't even... I and just they, thought... And they don't, they, I'm sure these guys don't have the experience and the training and, of course, the access to medical care mm-hmm. that the professional professionals do. Right. These, and, that's weird that they're amateur professional wrestlers. Right. And, this, and that actually was my biggest fear going to this. Well, my two big fears. My one fear was my car was going to get broken into. Yeah, I'm looking at the address, and this is really... This is a bad part of town. It's really in the bad part of town, maybe it, the worst part of town. Maybe the worst part, yeah. So my biggest fear was my car was going to get broken into. But then just slightly less fearful than that was that I was going to watch someone have a catastrophic injury. Yeah. Paralyzed, maybe killed by a, by a bad fall. Because later on in, in the match, the, the main event, was, and, and I apologize for not remembering all these wrestlers' names. It was my first time there. I, yeah. I, I Googled people as I went. I, I, had, I had the website open with the roster so I could check out these people. And interestingly enough, they travel between Vegas and here. So one of the guys I saw in Vegas was at this thing. And then these guys apparently also do stuff in Vegas. They, they kind of have, it's, what was the, the network called? It's like the... Ultimate Network or something. They have a name of all these different uh, wrestling groups in different states that kind of work together. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is cool. They have traveling guys and all that. So the three main guys, they were doing... What, what, is, what would that match be called? Three guys, like... Uh, th- uh, there's a name for it. There is a name for it. And I'm, I'm sp- is it just a three-way match? No, I'm spacing it. It yeah. has some kind of nice little Stan Lee-sounding pun. Yeah. You know, like... Three way of terror, or, or I don't know. I mean, there's the fatal four way, right? And that's that's what I mean by the Stan Lee sort of thing. Yeah, a nice alliteration there. Anyways, three guys. One was the heel, but he was clearly the most popular wrestler of the entire group, because, or else he had a big family. Because that there, could be. There was a lot of people there with his shirt on, and his name was Nick Hate Crew Valentino, and that's his group. He yelled hate or something. I can't remember. Then there was the, the champion. It's sort of coming back to me. <laughs> That's nice. I, I, just, I, I just realized I do know a couple names. And then the champion is named Zach James, and he's the world Utah champion, I guess, was what I, what I, what I personally am calling the belt. The world Utah championship. The world Utah championship. So, and he, he's kind of the John Cena guy from what I picked up on. He seemed very good guy, you know. Mm. And when I got there, my girlfriend was like, well, how are we going to know who the heel is and who the baby face is? And I said, you'll know. Well, of course. The guy that comes out and hugs kids <laughs> and high-fives kids and, and uh, all that, that's the good guy. The guy that comes out and makes, yells at the kids and tells them. There was one guy that was going around going, I hate high-fives. Get your <laughs> high-fives out of my face. Maybe knocking popcorn out of people's hands. Yeah, that, was, that happened. That's a thing. There was one guy that wanted us to clap for him a certain way. So you clap kind of, how would, how would you describe the way you clap? Normal. Normal. Two hands coming together. He uh-huh. wanted it like an alligator's mouth. Okay. So he's like, no, clap for me this way. He was getting really... <laughs> I love that. So he's like hitting people's hands, like you're clapping wrong. Oh, that's great. I love uh, the cheap heat. <laughs> they call that cheap heat. Cheap heat? Uh, just, you mean coming out and just right on the spot, well, pissing just everyone anything, off? No, cheap heat would be saying like, 
Cleveland sucks. Yeah. Because everyone's going to boo you. You don't really put any too much effort into it. Yeah, that might be my favorite, th- actually, aspect of wrestling. No, yeah, me too. It's really fun. <laughs> I mean, look at uh, Chris Jericho's the king of that. Like, Oh, yeah. You know is. what I like about Salt Lake City? Nothing, you stupid idiots. Yeah. Oh, man, Chris Jericho. Ooh. He has been killing it lately so much. I, I can't describe how, how his mic skills are on point. Oh, boy. Uh, but, yeah, so there's, and then there was a luchador wrestler. The three of them ganged up on Nick Valentino, the heel, and which I thought was unfair. For probably half the match, they were teaming up on him. And then inevitably, because the, the belt was on the line, this, this teamwork kind of fell apart. But mm. in, during this time, they, the two of them, got, they all got out of the ring. The two of them threw Nick onto a pile of folding chairs, which... Oh. Which, I mean, it's something that you see on YouTube or something, and you just kind of, oh, yeah, wrestling. But to see it in real life, it was kind of horrifying. This, these are full, metal folding chairs with, with concrete under it. And the, there's nothing good about that. You're be, being thrown into that. There's really no way to make that okay. Yeah, there's no way to not have that really hurt. Uh... I'm going to spoil it because no one's ever even heard of this before. <laughs> and it's not going to be on TV. And it's not going to be on TV. I don't even think it's on YouTube. I think you, ha- you can watch like 15-second clips of the, the events on their Instagram page. I don't even know if we have... Sometimes they're on public access, but I don't even know if we have public access channels anymore. Someone was filming the show because I went to the website today and they uploaded 900 photos. And where I was sitting, I am in, I would say, of these 900 photos, I am in at least 700 of them. <laughs> now, where, I'm, I'm looking for those now. Where do you find those? It was, it was on the Facebook page for, for, the, for the wrestling. And then it was someone who, were, who was, I guess, their photographer. Yeah, it's, it's called UCW Zero is the name of it. Yeah. Because there's a million UCW wrestling organizations That's true. Out there. Uh, true. I was curious what the zero was until I Googled UCW, and then it was every single state has UCW wrestling, mm-hmm. basically. But, yeah, if you want to see me in 700 blurry photos, you can take a look there. Yeah. We'll it, po- post some of those on our I'll, World I'll po- Champion yeah. Pod Instagram. I'll post so a forth. couple of, of me enjoying the highlights. And don't get me wrong, this was, this was oh, yeah, I was going to spoil it. Let me spoil it before I sum up. Nick Valentino won. Oh, okay. He, wait, we want... No, he's the bad guy? He's the hill. Oh, no. The crowd went nuts. And they do these once a month. So the next one's been announced. The next one is called Awakening. And he is front and center on the, on the, the poster. Okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to make it a point to get out to that one. Right. I'm going to try to get... Well, I want to I rent, out and, rent out. I want to buy out an entire front row, which wouldn't really be that hard. <laughs> I don't think so. But, but awesome. all, my, all, my, awesome. all my cheap heat aside about this, it was one of the best nights of my life. It was so, I can't even put into words how fun it was. It was so much fun. I loved it. Well, I went through a little rabbit hole here uh, on wrestling last, or I don't know. It was several months ago we recorded it. It maybe came out two weeks ago. I was talking about old-timey wrestling and reading these weird articles That's right. of hours-long wrestling matches. One of the guys is, uh, I mentioned Whistler and Muldoon, where I don't remember who. I believe one of them in this three-hour match would not step into the ring at any point. And it ended in a draw. And he said, I, well, if I went in there, he would have 
he would have beaten me. Right, which is solid logic. Yeah, so these guys wrestled in the early 1800s, Whistler and Muldoon. Three matches, totaling about 14 hours. Wow. So, so what was happening during these three hours? I think just guys having each other in headlocks and trying to get out of them. On the outside of the ring. <laughs> now, was this know. ring in the middle of, of some and like, I don't know tombstone town with like mud streets and stuff? Uh, yeah, it must have been. And I don't know if it's, if it's rings or just a circle on the floor and a mat like in Olympic wrestling. When I see pictures of boxing from turn of the century, it seems like they've got pretty much the same ring as now. Yeah. So, they, so they must have had the technology. <laughs> they did have the technology, that's true. <laughs> of ropes and posts. So, but anyway, I found that one little one-paragraph article about it. But reading more about Whistler, um, he, he was the Greco-Roman champion. In a, and he won that in a match that lasted 7 hours and 15 minutes and ended in a draw. I can barely stay awake for seven hours and 15 minutes. How do you hold a wrestling move with all your muscles tense? Yeah. For seven... I, oh, again, we did talk about how people did nothing but exercise back then. <laughs> That's true. Whether they wanted to or not, yeah. they were doing nothing but exercise. Yeah, back then, doctors telling us, <laughs> please, for the love of God, stop exercising. So this match ended in a draw, and Muldoon said that Whistler put ammonia in his hair to make Muldoon's eyes burn <laughs> and had really long fingernails <laughs> that to is, scratch them. That is some nefarious thinking. That is sneaky. You put ammonia in your hair to burn someone's... Well, I guess he knew he was going to be in a headlock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you probably butter up your neck. You put ammonia in your hair. Get your fingernails real long. You sharpen your teeth a little bit. <laughs> yep. Keep a razor blade under your tongue. So they... That match in New York City was so popular that they went on tour, these two guys, just performing their, their Greco-Roman sort of fake professional wrestling. Um, but anyway, I, how, I won't... How is a headlock entertaining for three hours? Well, again, this was 1880. Oh, yeah. It was more entertaining than eating coal. Or just staring at a bird on a, on a like, telephone... Yes. Was there even telephone lines on I mean, a tree? Yeah, staring at a bird, shoveling coal... Yeah, eating bones, eating ham bones, chewing a horse, and getting kicked by it in the face. Right. No, this was wonderful. That's true. That probably the most exciting day of these people's lives is watching a three-hour headlock. So Whistler, uh, at age twenty-nine, obviously was completely washed up. Oh yeah, he's close to death. I imagine. Uh, well, he is close to death. So, <laughs> he, uh, Professor William Miller, and Professor is in quotes. <laughs> and he is the classic old-timey guy. When I say old-timey, you're picturing Professor William Miller. Right. And you're picturing Clarence Whistler. But anyway, so he brought him to Australia to tour as a wrestler. Which, which the journey itself would have been six months and a miracle they didn't die, right? Yeah, and I think this isn't that long after Australia was settled with all the convicts and stuff. So it was literally just still a jail. Yeah, so uh, the Australian... The way it's worded on Wikipedia was, he became a sensation and an idol to the local Australian population, starved for heroes. Wow, just think about that, Austra- how quickly Australia is. It's literally gone from prison to Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, in a pretty short amount a of time. pretty short amount of time. That is, that's great. They have heroes now. Oh, do they ever. So, uh, so he beat Professor William Miller for the championship. Mm-hmm. Does it say what he's a professor in? <laughs> Let me look into that. That's a good point. 
It's going to be like backbends or something. He's the only athlete to hold Australian championships for boxing, fencing, wrestling, and weightlifting. Wow. Uh, he had a gym. No, he's not. Uh, doesn't mention his professorship. Hmm. <laughs> only that he's called the professor. So Whistler beats the professor. And in celebration of his championship victory, engaged in a reckless month-long celebration. And by November 6th, he was dead. <laughs> Sources referring to the nature what? of his death are conflicting. What? How? This match? This is like the original WrestleMania. Who celebrates for a month? <laughs> this maniac. Well, if you won the World Series, that's about the only, like, going back to baseball. You won the World Series. You worked your entire life to get to the point where you played a game and won. I can see maybe, maybe you can justify partying for a month. Celebrating for an entire month. You won the World Series. Maybe the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, but even then. But a one-off <laughs> match in Australia? Well, he won the championship. In front of, in front of a bunch of criminals. This was, this was before the Super Bowl or the World Series. So. Oh, he won. What Same is it, thing. The, is it, was it a true world championship well, then? Well, it was the Greco-Roman championship that... Of Australia, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a month. Wow. That must have been... God, what a month that was. Did, did he die... As a direct result of that month, as in he was drinking and, and finally died, or was this one of the things where his liver finally exploded? Well, do you want to know what happened? Oh, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to. Well, die. officially, it's it's pneumonia. <clears throat> Some suggest the illness was caused by excess alcohol consumption during celebration. Other sources purport that Whistler's condition was complicated by him biting the tops off champagne bottles <laughs> and side bets where he would eat a whole champagne glass. <laughs> How do you even think of that? I'm going to bite... Hey, Whistler. <laughs> I bet hey, you Whistler. Can. I'll give you, give you $3 to... No, no, wait. Like, $3? He would, be, he would be able to retire. Hey, I bet you can't eat that champagne glass. And it's like, oh, yeah? Oh, and then, he's, and then he says the, the magic words. What are you, chicken? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except they don't have chickens in Australia. It'd be like, what are you, koala? <laughs> Nobody calls me koala. Give me that glass. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the, the biting the top off a bottle, I can sort of understand because that's a one and done. But to actually consume, <laughs> to eat a champagne glass, to eat a champagne multiple glass, champagne glasses, that's, that's, a, that's you know, more than one bite. He was memorialized by fellow athletes in the sports world at large as the most courageous athlete of his time. Because of the wine bottles? I guess. Just or, or being brave enough to get on a boat that's going to Australia. <laughs> that might be it, too. <laughs> the courage that would take. Wow. Yeah. Um, Jeez, okay. To, uh, to wet your whistle for next week, I'll be talking about... Actually, I don't want to say because I don't want anyone to look it up and spoil the surprise. Well, the best way to wet your whistle is to bite the top off a of champagne bottle. Bite the top off. So we off suggest a, that. Or if you don't drink uh, caffeine-free Diet Coke, bite the top off of one of those bottles. Yeah, it, it could Get be a, a it could be one. off a Sprite bottle. There's a lot of bottles you can bite the top off. Yeah, but ne- next week I have another sort of old-time wrestling thing to talk about, and. Uh, and we'll get to that then. But all right, then I guess we'd better go see the Smogville Miners, see the freak. Well, should we blow your speakers? I think. What? what where are we at? We're good for time. We can go blow our speakers real quick. Okay, I'm gonna blow your speakers.
This week, I listened... I, I promised. I know I promised I would go to a different genre, but I cannot stop listening to doom metal. I don't know what it is. It's all I feel like listening to. I, I've been trying to kind of go towards Iron Maiden or something. Oh, and speaking of other genres, I did get tickets to Megadeth, <laughs> and I got tickets to Black Sabbath. Wow. So you're doing it. You're living it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be seeing some legends live. But back to my review. So I listened this week to the Doom stoner band Conan, their album called Blood Eagle. And this was, this was one of those things where it's a no-brainer. You know, you're naming a band after... Viking, a, uh, well, Conan. And Conan. And the album after the Viking uh, torture method. Now, what is a Blood Eagle? I don't want to say. If you're is, curious, is it really you can graphic? Look it up. It's horrifying. I just thought it sounded cool. Is it an actual Viking torture thing? It huh? was in the show Vikings. Oh. And uh, it's gruesome. I don't even want to go there. Okay, we won't go there. Conan went there. But I mean, listen to. to they have songs like Crown of Talons. Like, that's, a, that's a name for a song. <laughs> Total Conquest. Foe Hammer. You know, that's a Lord of the Rings reference right there. Where are these guys from? Um, I'm pretty sh- Oh, they're England. They're, f- okay. they're English because okay. I've been trying to see them. I've been trying to see what festivals they're playing. They open for a lot of other really great doom metal bands, but it seems like they're, they're over in England. They have a great uh, black flag, fake black flag shirt that's green. Uh, instead of the four bars, they're four uh, speakers, like amp speakers. Oh, uh, sure. But, so that's, you know... It's a nice homage, I guess. This is really heavy-duty stuff, really heavy, but very good, very similar to, uh, to God, what's that band called? <laughs> Dope Smoker. According to Wikipedia, their music is in the Caveman Battle Doom genre. Caveman Battle Doom? Yeah. Well, then that's, that's the only description you need. You, know, you, you, you get the idea. Caveman Battle Doom. Wow, that's great. But I was just th- it just made me think about how great Arnold Schwarzenegger's 80s career was. This is actually what I, what I want to talk about. Because I was thinking, this is the trifecta. I literally said this out loud to my girlfriend, where I was like, it's the trifecta of films. Conan, Terminator, Predator. <laughs> and then I just, the question I posed to her after, because t- t- I was literally talking about this band Conan to her. And like, listen to this. And, and, and then, you know, we're in a car and she's driving, so I, she has to listen to it. I turn it up. And I was like, this is the best. And then I was like, well, what, what is the best of the, of the Arnold trifecta films? That's my question. Conan, term, the first Terminator. I guess you can do second Terminator if you, if you want. No, well, it's for sure Predator. Predator? Yeah. I don't even like the Terminator movies that much. It was kind of, wow, that, that I don't agree with at all. <laughs> I, I knew that would upset you. Well, no, when I say I don't agree with that, I'm saying you like the Terminator films. I know you do. Oh, you're saying you don't? Oh. I don't not... agree with that. I feel like you're lying for some reason. It could be. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to provoke people. You e- so easily... I'm, like, I'm a shock jock. So of the three, easily Predator. I think so. God, it's, it's hard. I think, I literally don't think I can decide. Any day, it would be different. You ask me on a Tuesday, it's going to be Terminator. Ask me on a Friday... It's going to be Conan. But we're talking about older Schwarzenegger. Classic Schwarzenegger. No, classic Schwarzenegger's Kindergarten Cop and Total Recall. This is older Schwarzenegger from the early 80s. But golden Schwarzenegger's now, right? Well, depending on how tanny he is, sure. All right. 
I would, yeah. And so I pose that to our listeners as well. Of those three, what is the best? Maybe even do them in order. What's the second best? As of this recording, I think, gosh, I think I might say Predator also as of today. Oh, see? But, but I'm, not, I'm saying that, saying the other ones are so close to being the winners that it's, it's too close to call. It's a photo finish with Predator winning. I just like that we've spent half an hour talking about oily muscle men. <laughs> and which of these three films has the best oily muscle man? That, and maybe we should judge it by that because, okay, Terminator, there is that one scene where he's completely naked. Yeah. But in Conan, he's shirtless most of the time. And, well, in Predator, the last half of the film, he's shirtless and covered in mud. Yeah. And even when he is wearing a shirt, it's kind of like a little vest, I think. He's just really wearing, like, is that standard military wear? <laughs> just a vest and no shirt? He's kind of dressed like a wrestler, actually. He's got camo pants, and then he's, he, he looks like he could almost be one of the Dudley boys. Oh, no, he's at, absolutely he's the one of the Dudley <laughs> he's, boys. He's out of Dudleyville. Yeah. <laughs> I think physically, the one that has the most oily Arnold is going to be Conan. He's <laughs> sure. easily. Yeah. But I think Terminator, he might be in the best shape, which that also gives you points. Because he's going to be, what's going to be closest to his weightlifting career? It's probably Terminator, and it's not Predator. It's, was Conan before Terminator? Conan? Conan? I, think, I think Conan, I say Conan. I say him interchangeably. I don't have a style guide on that. I just prefer Conan. Um, it has, I don't care how it's actually s- s- said. Yeah. It's like how I, I say Thanos instead of Thanos. Who's the talk show host? Is he Conan or Conan? I think that's where the Conan comes from. I think if you asked someone from a, you know, Scandinavia, they would say Conan. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Conan. Conan. Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, Conan. It's got to be Conan. Conan. Yeah. Uh, I think that one's... I think his first film... Of those three, I'm pretty sure it's Terminator. So that's going to... But, I mean, you're, you're talking Conan the Barbarian six months later. Yeah, you know? probably something like that. Yeah. So it, it's going to be negligible, the, the, the level of oily fitness <laughs> yeah. that we love to discuss. I don't know if we've posted the painting in a while, but we should do that, too. Oh, yeah, I'll post... I, I am a lifelong Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. And unironically, I love him. He's my favorite actor of all time. And I did a painting that I, yeah, I'll post it again. Yeah. Well, real quick, we still got some time here. Degrassi, season three, episode seven. The whole truth. This episode is about monkey torture. <laughs> Are we talking psychological monkey torture? Or? <laughs> Either way. Physical. Okay. So it starts with Spike and Liz. Liz is the girl with the Chelsea haircut. Okay. They're uh, hanging up posters for the upcoming protest at university on Saturday hmm. uh, for monkey torture. And Caitlin, the uh, journalist who has a crush on Joey, she sees it and she doesn't know anything about animal testing. What year would you say this episode came out? This is probably 88, 89. Because this, this is right in the Project X era. Absolutely. This is dead center, right? Yeah. And this, you know, the film Project X with Matthew Broderick about, about testing on chimps. Yeah. Which I watched all the time, and I couldn't tell you what it was about. I just know it was about chimps doing stuff and no, then he's, being saved. Yeah, he's going to save them at the end. It's at a real end, touching film, Yeah, as at I the end, they parachute into Florida and live in the jungles of Florida. 
The monkeys do? Yeah. Is Matthew Broderick with them? Well, yeah, I think he's flying a plane. Like and a then combat they jump out. drop or something? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Okay. Sounds about right. Maybe they don't. <laughs> that's how I remember it. That's how I choose to remember that's it. That's a crazy ending. Yeah, that's how I choose to remember that. But, I thought um, he would let him into the wild. I don't, I, I don't know. How do you transport chimps, I guess? You'd have to do that. Well, I know the chimps are pilots. In the 70s, chimps primarily uh, traveled as being your sidekick in your semi. <laughs> right. I guess that could have been an orangutan thing more than chimps. That was an orangutan thing, but chimps could definitely be in the sidecar of a motorcycle. Yeah. Um, as long as they're wearing overalls, it's fine. And, and goggles. And goggles, yeah, and then laugh at you. Mm-hmm. But so it's the we- this is the weirdest scene in the history of the show. She goes up. So the poster has chimps on it, and so Liz says they cut out their skull. They put a window in their skull so they can watch their brains, which mm. sounds sensationalized. It also doesn't. It sounds figurative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some say that's what uh, psychoanalysts do. Do you, do you realize that your eyes are a window to your soul? For the love right. of God. <laughs> so why not watch your brain through your through your ears? A window in your skull. Yes. So Caitlin goes up and touches the monkey on the poster, and then we hear monkey sounds <laughs> right before the opening credits go, and that's the biggest <laughs> WTF moment in this show. You hear like. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they had to make it really clear what they were talking about. Yeah. So, in case you didn't hear the dialogue or you can't physically see it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's all coming around. Um, so Caitlin's the editor of the paper. They're doing a, uh, the Degrassi Digest. They have a story about adding fries and gravy to the cafeteria menu. That's important. Because she's saying, issues. why don't we take on the important issues? And they're like, this is important. I know. At least they have a platform. Yeah. Now, so- Kathleen, the, the, just the horrible person, uh, submitted her article about why Degrassi should have a dress code. Ah, uh, boo. Yeah. One of the girls is talking about how she wants to wear makeup, and her mom won't let her. They say, well, just buy some, put it on at school, and then you can wear makeup. And the other girl says, oh, go to Laura V. My dad works for them. That's going to be important later. Okay. Subplot is the Art Garfunkel kid and Scooter with the sea monkeys. <laughs> I love and it's really weird. I love that that kid actually looks like Art Garfunkel. Like exactly like exactly. Art Garfunkel. It's terrifying. Uh, again, you reference our he Instagram. Might be, he might actually be an Art Garfunkel bobblehead that came to life. Wow, he may be. Gosh, I wish there was an Art Gar- Garfunkel bobblehead. <laughs> yeah. There probably is. Give that away at the Simon and Garfunkel reunion concert at mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So that's our subplot. Um, and then Joey Jeremiah is trying to get... Zit Remedy played on the radio by getting a job as a janitor there. He keeps leaving his demo around. Oh, didn't he get a job already? I well, he got he... a job there as a janitor, but now he's... Really oh, now s- he's phase two. Yeah, phase two, where he's leaving his tape everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Sally, who's the sex host, who uh, in season one, they called, when they're having wet dreams, they called Dr. Sally. So she comes out and says, you know, I need new theme music, something upbeat. So Just, he's it- like, great. Our song's going to be Dr. Sally's new theme song. Wow, that's the worst fit I can imagine for this song. Right. Now, later when he gets fired for, <laughs> for leaving his tape everywhere and not actually doing any janitorial work. but Dr. Probably S- the latter was the big issue. Yeah. So Dr. Sally comes out and says, hey, listen to your tape. It's good. Keep working at it. So that's, his, that's very uplifting for him. That's a real success. He had a person that works, a professor, quote, yeah. of, of sex advice telling him to keep up his music career. Mm-hmm. To keep practicing. Wow. So he takes that as a victory. So 
But anyway, his his setting the bar low for compliments, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if Doctor Drew told me to keep at it. There wasn't. Hey, a, I heard your podcast. There keep wasn't. It. There wasn't a homeless guy at the coffee shop that would compliment you on your band, <laughs> right? Okay. So, Doctor Drew, I guess. God, Doctor Drew's so weird. He's kind of an oily muscle man. He's got huge pecs for a doctor. Doctor Drew. Yes. Huh. Take a look at Doctor Drew. He's like weirdly. F- He's, like, physically fit, but in this weird way. He's kind weird. of weirdly buff. I'll Google uh, shirtless Dr. Drew, but I'm going to wait till I'm at work to do that. Yeah, good idea. I want that showing up on the search history. But So we're getting deep into uh, monkey torture. Liz and Caitlin watch some monkey torture videos. Caitlin is, is getting suddenly so passionate about this. Uh, Liz is really militant about it, animal testing and rabbits, and they're mm-hmm. learning that they test uh, mm-hmm. makeup on rabbits. Now, Kaylin uh, is going to replace the dress code article with an article about the monkey torture protest and calls for a boycott of Laura V. Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And that's where her friend's dad works. Oh, it's getting she, complicated. Yeah, so she's saying, please don't publish this. My dad works there. If, you know, if the female makeup-wearing students of one junior high school boycott <laughs> it, you know, my dad could lose his job. Yeah, the ra- that's going to ruin our family. The ramifications of a high school newspaper article about makeup could bring down Maybelline. Could bring down any empire. So we're we're talking we're talking the girls at the school that wear makeup. Then we're talking about the ones that wear Laura V makeup, and then we're talking about the ones that will actually do the boycott. So you're talking about dozens, dozens of people, dozens perhaps. of cheap Laura V makeup not being bought. Yes, they, the, the company could be out. Two, three hundred dollars. Exactly. <laughs> the girls are buying with their meager allowances. Yeah, so maybe less. Hundred and fifty dollars. So And also makeup that a high school student is buying is gonna be like bubblegum flavored lipstick, you know. It's gonna be on the cheaper side, I think. Yeah. This isn't Mac or whatever <laughs> is expensive makeup. I don't I, even know if Mac's expensive. I don't know anything about makeup. There was a, there was a giant Mac booth at the Star Trek convention. So to me, you've made it. If you're a makeup company that's that's at the Star Trek convention, well, you got to have your blue eyeshadow. To that's be, high end. To be Spock. It was. It was. Yeah. No. It was. He does wear blue eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. I doubt it was Mac though. Sorry, I was just taking a sip of warm tomato juice. That's all right. So Kathleen schools Caitlin on this and is like, "Hey, it's a bit more of a complicated issue than you realize." Caitlin actually goes and reads books finds out that a drug that she relies on was developed through animal testing. Hmm. And though I'm not certainly... sure I agree with that logic, though. Because <laughs> no? you, you, can, you can maybe test on animals for drugs and not necessarily for makeup. Oh, well, yeah, that's why we're learning that it's a complicated issue. That's course, the complicated part. Of course, you don't want to squirt mascara in a bunny's eyes. No. But testing a drug on mice might have some benefits. Mm-hmm. So, Caitlin... Um, is kind of coming back around, and she's arguing with Liz about it. She's saying, look, that drug that I rely on to be alive mm-hmm. uh, was developed through animal testing. You know, there's, it's, a, it's a two-sided issue here. And Liz says, who cares? <laughs> the nuance of a teenager. <laughs> uh-huh. Who cares? I will die. Who cares? That, yeah, so she's saying, if I didn't take this medicine, I'd be in big trouble. Right. Liz says, who cares? I'd rather be sick than hurt an animal. Hmm. Credits. Poppy credits. Oh wow! So there you go. Did they do? They do continuing storylines, right? This will be addressed again. It could be. 
Sometimes there's there's very that seems like an, ab- I mean, an abrupt, harsh ending. Well, that's the whole theme of whatever I'm talking about. This is how weird the endings are, when they have these abrupt, harsh endings, and then the theme song that goes. Oh, so th- so it's the the segue to the end credits is also as jarring as the segue to the opening credits. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, is, there's just one episode. Oh no, it's always the the jarring, almost I'd say more times than not, there's the jarring ending. You know. Like, well, great. I don't know what to do. My parents are dead. Just a really quick smash to that. So that's, oh. this, that's this week's Degrassi. Uh, that is our time for tonight. That's right. Uh, Ryan and Joel, thanks for writing. We'll re- get to you next week. We'll talk about some more wrestling, some more metal, some more Degrassi. Perhaps we'll get back to our most popular segment, Mysteries of the Mysterious. Mm-hmm. When I say most popular, we have no way of measuring any of this. And let us know who, or I mean, which is the best film, Predator? Which, which has the best oily boy in it? Are we talking Predator, Terminator, or Conan? Yeah, just, to, just talk to us about oily boys. That's worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Twitter, we're at Smogville Fair. Someone, a longtime listener of our old show, just finally found our actual podcast. So thanks for finding it. Mm-hmm. Um, he Good was, work. He was apparently trying to find a podcast called Smogville. So, Fair yeah. enough. Yep. <laughs> it happens. World Champion Podcast on Facebook. We got a couple new likes from some old-time listeners there, too. Classic listeners. Yep. So we got to get to the ball game. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night.